I said, well, hell, I got it going on then. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Reload Podcast. My name is Kyle Boone, and Ragu, you are back for another week. How are you today? Doing well. Yeah. Uh, just sitting here watching the Thunder game and ready to talk some Oklahoma State sports with you, so good. Yeah, we got to meet up uh, at homecoming this past weekend, um, so shouts to everyone who came by the PFB tailgate and grabbed a koozie or... Uh, caught a pass from from myself or Ragusa. Um, <laughs> if you caught one from Ragusa, it was it was a flying duck. Um, mine was a, a perfect cannon. spiral. <laughs> that was no, cool. The, the tailgate was fun. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I think we'll we'll try and do that again soon. Um, for the listeners out there, if you guys enjoyed it, give us some feedback on our Twitter accounts um, on how we can improve. I think we'll try and do something similar next year, maybe. Um, a little bit bigger, perhaps something a little more organized, and maybe with uh, food. That would be cool. That'd be um, awesome. So yeah, that that'll be that'll be awesome. But homecoming was cool. There was a lot of people on campus. Um, I wrote a line for the first time, which was awesome. Uh, <laughs> so a, lo- a lot of things happened, uh, including OSU beating Texas thirty-eight thirty-five. Um, we recorded last week. Did not talk about the Texas game at all, which is like. In in the aftermath of us recording, I I just totally was like, oh wow, we talked about basketball recruits for forty five minutes, and we didn't talk about the football game. Um, did you expect that to happen? I I didn't expect to completely yeah dismiss it, but there was so much recruiting stuff going on. I felt we like we had to hit on that, and you know we've we've got Kyle and Carson. They they hit on the game a little bit, so yeah. we just we just took recruiting and we took it to the next level. We did. About football. Yeah, we, we met a lot of people at the tailgate who um, who more or less said that we were OSU basketball propaganda, um, and I, <laughs> I don't dispute that. We actually we, we went on like a complete nerd out for roughly 30 minutes about the future of OSU basketball, and I'm pretty sure we could sell season tickets. Like it wouldn't it would it would be pretty easy. So yeah, they need to pay us. I'm sure there's like a huge spike at the ticket ticket office this week where everyone's just like, what is going on here? But they're buying them for like three years out. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. Can I get season tickets for 2022, please? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um, So at the game this weekend was not only a, a big game, obviously big, big result. OSU ends its two game losing streak. Um, and beats number six Texas. Uh, there's a lot of recruits on campus, and we talked last episode about the basketball uh, recruits that were on campus. So if you guys want to get a full list of the recruits that were on campus, um, go back and download the the previous episode. We talked about the recruits were on campus and uh, kind of the implications of that. But as far as football goes, there was there was a bunch of uh, recruits and prospects and commits as well. Um, I'll just run through a list here of some of the notable ones and you kind of give me your take here, but, uh, Brendan Costello, the quarterback commit from, uh, California made his way to, uh, Stillwater for a visit. Grayson Boomer, another commit. 
DeMarco Jones, a cornerback. Uh, Joe Mikulski, Taylor Maturko, uh, Xavier Player, Xavier Ross, Cody Waltersheed, Preston Wilson, and Eli Russ. All of those are 2019 uh, football recruits and football commits. Um, Eli Russ is, is actually a 2020 offensive lineman who's committed, and he's an in-state stud, uh, four-star recruit. But uh, any any of those that surprise you, uh, just kind of at first glance, I think the biggest probably surprise, I guess, was Costello visiting from California. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And yeah. it's it's great to see him come down because, you know, he picked up that offer from Georgia. Yeah. He's absolutely murdering yes. in, his high, in his high school division right now. And to see it, I don't know, it's kind of I feel like it's kind of like a boost of confidence for Oklahoma State that he traveled all the way from California for this game to come visit. And everything that I've seen and I, I think you as well, because I know we've talked about Costello a little bit off air, but. He, he seems firmly committed to Oklahoma State, and yeah. he's only rated a three-star still, right? But this kid is sick, yeah. and I think he is a huge get for Oklahoma State if he ends up actually, <clears throat> you know, commit fully committing and coming to play in Stillwater right. because I don't think he's a three-star. I think he's a four, and I, I don't even know because from what I've seen from this year, I mean, his old highlight tapes are great. But from what I've seen from him this year, he is absolutely awesome, and I'm pretty excited about it. Yep, agreed, agreed. Um, I have some Costello takes, uh, but I, I need to get to our uh, ad real quick, and then we'll we'll get back to Costello. Um, you may have heard the news that there's a new tax bill in town, but do you know how it affects you? Angel, Johnston, and Blasting Game does. They're firm of 10 CPAs. And 22 total employees is one of the largest in central Oklahoma. They've been hard at work all summer, all fall, calculating how these new tax changes are going to affect hardworking cowboys just like yourself. So if you got any questions, feel free to give Cameron or Evan a call. and They'd love to help you out. 405-224-6363. Or they have the website ajb-cpas.com. Uh, again, that's 405-224-6363 and ask for Cameron or Evan. Um, so you mentioned Costello. He's a three-star recruit. Um, he committed to OSU like in the weirdest, most like almost ironic time because it had just happened right after Mike Holder went on the PFB podcast and more or less said that he'd like to see Gundy recruit better. And lo and behold, they get this like kind of under the radar quarterback from California who has offers from like Brown university and Eastern Ivy Washington. League. Yeah. Um, did not have any major offers and Oklahoma state offers him. He commits like days after the holder interview and everyone's like, Oh, this guy's falling. This is, you know, this is a three-star prospect. This is, this is how Gundy rolls. He likes to get his three-star prospects and yada, yada, yada. Um, <laughs> But now it's looking like uh, it, it may have actually been a pretty good take. So uh, Georgia has offered since uh, since he committed, and you mentioned it. He is he is lighting it up in California preps right now, and I believe it, who does he play for? Is it San Clemente. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I was trying to think. I know it's one. It's of, a I major it's something. Yeah, but he. He's won like offensive player of the week like three times or yeah. something already. Yeah, and he comes from a school uh, that's produced Sam Darnold, um, 
in the past. I believe it also produced Josh Rosen. That may have been um, inaccurate. But they've produced a lot of Division One talent over it's the years. It's not Little League is what you're saying. Right. It's, it's big-time California high school yeah, football. Yeah, and he's putting up numbers. Um, so that's impressive. And just the fact, like you mentioned, that, that he, he made his way all the way to Stillwater, I think is uh, notable and important because Georgia, I, I mean, I, I would think would be a serious threat to potentially steal him from OSU. And uh, the fact that he's making his way all the way across country – to to visit OSU with a bunch of other commits, I think is is a good sign. There's a lot of camaraderie that that takes place during those visits, and uh, being able to catch up with some of his uh, future pass catchers like Grayson Boomer, I think is important. So that's a good sign. Um, Yursich visited California, I think it was like two weeks ago, to visit Costello and and uh, ended up seeing him get concussed like early in the game and and did, didn't get to play, um, but. From what I hear, he's back at full strength, and uh, so that's a good sign. I'm I'm pretty excited about Costello. I think he's. Do you think he's early contributor, or do you think he's kind of like a high upside, long term, high ceiling guy? I think he's a high upside, long term yeah. ceiling guy. I mean, especially with Sanders on the roster. Yeah. There's not. You're not really expecting him to come in and play right away, but if Sanders kills it, like you and I think he's going to throughout his career, and leaves early you know Costello's got a couple years as a starter so um I'm you mentioned him too but another one I'm excited about is Grayson Boomer yeah he's whenever my LSU uh Baton Rouge buddies ask me about a recruit from Oklahoma State I know they're probably good because you know LSU gets such good recruits why these guys ask me about a recruit and they were like brag wow (laughs) (laughs) they're like man that boomer that boomer guy is a stud he is yeah and you know i obviously from watching him i kind of came to that conclusion myself but i'm really excited about him as well and he committed early on and he's been trying to recruit other people so yep that's always awesome to see he seems like he's all in so he's another one i'm really excited about yeah at one point he was the number two tight end prospect in the country behind austin stogner um, who's committed to OU, but now it looks like 247 has him as the number seven overall tight end prospect. Either way, he's he's very talented, four-star prospect, uh, ranked 241 nationally. Six foot five, 230. I had someone who messaged me and was like, are we sure Grayson Boomer is not like an offensive tackle? And <laughs> honestly, like that makes some sense. He's he's his hands are too good and he's too talented. Like he's like a a uh, Kyle Rudolph clone, in my opinion. Like he's he's really talented, um, but that would make some sense. Maybe in a pinch they they put him at tackle. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, if they have the injuries at tackle like they've had this year, maybe they could throw him in there. I mean, Zach Veach was playing tackle a few years ago. Yeah, that's I, not I, ideal. I just think it's exciting because he's the type of cowboy back that comes in yeah. and can contribute in the passing game, which. Outside of Jelani, we haven't really seen since Jarwin and Veach. So that'd be pretty awesome to get him in there and be able to, you know, open things up in the seam. And, you know, obviously he's a good blocker too, as you mentioned, his size. So that'll be cool. It'll be interesting because Jelani has really come on as the primary pass catcher from the cowboy back position. Um, yeah, and then they're gonna bring in Grayson Boomer. Like, are they gonna run two cow- or two cowboy back sets and just live and die by throwing down the seam? 
little diamond, but uh, with two cowboy backs instead of a running back, two yeah. running backs and a cowboy back. I would like that. I mean, yeah. that's a that's a safe pass for your freshman starting quarterback next year. That the tight end up the seam. He's they're he's a good really little talented. out route. Yeah, they're they're really building something at that position that. I did not anticipate. I thought that Grayson Boomer was going to be kind of the the cowboy back of the future, but Jelani Woods coming on as like a, a trusty, reliable. They threw to him on fourth down and converted for a touchdown this this past weekend against Texas. So they obviously trust him. They're they're kind of working him in more and more each week, um, but mo- like trying to project ahead towards next season and the season after that. Like he has some real potential to be like a legitimate tight end one and I don't know, maybe an NFL prospect. Who knows? He's six foot seven, so you gotta think He's a monster. Yeah, yeah. Someone someone has to be like kind of like interested in that. Um I'm just waiting for them to to draw up some sort of uh pass situation where they fake it to to Jelani and Jelani throws it like eighty yards downfield and people just freak out. That would be awesome. Back to Cornelius. Yeah, that's definitely gonna happen, right? <laughs> That would be really awesome. I hope they're just saving that for Bedlam. That'd be awesome. <laughs> well, they they used some weird formations last week. That one you're talking about might have been a little illegal. It looked like Jelani was on the line of scrimmage, but, I mean, they <laughs> why, didn't call it. So Why do you hate OSU, Regu? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I cheered for it. <laughs> um, just as far as prospects, not commits, goes – um, I think the biggest was probably 2019 running back DeAndre Glass, who was on a official visit this past weekend. There was a bunch of others, uh, running back Micah Snoddy, tight end Nate Anderson, quarterback Alex Baker, quarterback Josh Hoover, quarterback Jacoby Criswell, a four-star from, uh, from Arkansas. But DeAndre Glass, the running back out of Katy High School, in my opinion, was the one that stood out. Did, did, was there any, just as far as non-commit prospects, that, that popped to you? I think it's got to be Glass, especially yeah. because it looked like he got the VIP treatment, getting to hang with Barry, uh, and it just it just looked like it looked like he had a great time, and that's awesome because the schools coming after him are the cream of the crop. You know, yes. you've got Bama, you've got Ohio State, you got LSU. I think he's still set to visit Ohio State and Bama, right? In the next couple of weeks. Yeah, he'll visit Ohio State this upcoming weekend and then Bama the following weekend. Yeah, so the and the fact that he seemed like he had a good time from everything he said on Twitter and then I mean, all the crystal ball predictions have Oklahoma State now on yeah. 247. So. Yeah, so I I did some digging on that because I was curious like why OSU was the favorite for a blue chip running back when Alabama and Ohio State and all these other programs are offering him. But from what I gather, and this this could obviously change uh, pretty quickly just based off the fact that recruiting changes all the time. But OSU is really the only one that has been steady after him and persistently recruiting him. Now Alabama has a running back commit already. Ohio State probably has other options on the table, including Noah Kane, a blue chip from Texas, who I would not be surprised if he went to um, Ohio State, although I think right now he's probably favored to land at uh, LSU, your, your favorite place. Um, <laughs> but and I, I think right now it's just a matter of who's prioritizing him the most, and it's OSU. I think he it's probably his most committable offer, and – 
I think that matters. Like just the fact that you have a scholarship offer, there's a lot of gray area in recruiting. And this is kind of where we see the gray area because yes, if you look at 247, he has an offer from Alabama. He has an offer from Ohio State. He has offers from like 20 other programs. But of that list, I would say only like five at most are committable and only one really OSU that has uh, consistently come after him. So I think that that is a, a good sign for OSU that they've been consistent and uh, maintained their message because he's had some injury problems that uh, has maybe scared away some of the other programs. And he's a powerful runner too. He's like, he's like five eleven, like a little over 200 yep. and he, he's not slow by any means. He's fast, but he's the type of guy who would be a great change of pace for Chuba going forward, you know, uh, kind of like a JD King type, but might, might even be a little bit faster than JD. And, um, yeah, I think so too. Plays it, plays at Katie high school. So, you know, he's playing against some of the best competition in Texas. They've produced some stud running backs, quarterbacks. The luck went there, I think, right? Andrew luck. Uh, sure. I don't really know that actually, but that would not surprise me. Yeah, but big high school in, uh, right outside Houston. So. They produce a lot of talent there, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a stud. That would be a huge get. Maybe silence uh, some of the uh, Arroyo yes. fans like yourself that yeah. we can still get running backs even yeah. without him. Uh, no no shot at Marcus Arroyo, though. I love that dude. But Bring him back. That would be that would be a, <laughs> that would be a huge get. I think he's the one that stands out. Some of the other ones you mentioned, like the quarterback, Snotty, um, some of the O linemen are pretty big time, but uh, Trace Anderson, but you know DeAndre Glass, I think is the uh, the star out of that group that yeah. uh, that came to visit. Yeah, and Glass is um, like I think I think we already mentioned, but Glass is a four star recruit. He was a freshman All American at Katy, Texas, um, from Max Preps, which is like pretty big. I think he had. I believe he had two season-ending injuries in consecutive seasons as a sophomore and junior. But um, this year, he's he's uh, he looks full health. He looks at full strength. He's putting up some huge numbers. I, I looked the other day. I think he's averaging like ten and a half yards per carry, um, which is like <laughs> so first down every time. Yeah, like I can barely throw the ball that far. That's that's <laughs> not true, by the way. I've I've got a gun, but uh, he, he's really impressive. So. And my my guess, if I had a crystal ball prediction, two four seven, um, apparently doesn't think I'm worthy of that. But I I would I would project that he probably lands at Oklahoma State, and the fact that he got that VIP treatment from Barry Sanders, um, I think is is pretty notable. That's important. So I think we'll probably get a decision pretty pretty soon there. What do you, what do you think? I, I my guess is he probably takes his his final official visits and then makes a decision. Um, sometime in like mid November. What do you think? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Probably yeah. like mid to end November, maybe yeah. even late November, like after Thanksgiving. But uh, I think, yeah, I think he goes Oklahoma State. Yeah. Well, after LSU puts that whooping on Bama, um, maybe maybe Bama won't look all that enticing anymore. Dude, I don't even want to talk about that game. <laughs> Got to break the seven the seven game losing streak. Six years, seven games, because they played twice that one year, two thousand eleven. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold your breath on it. I was. I was there last time they played in Tiger Stadium and lost, and that game was sloppy. Did they play Nick? No, they did not. But that <laughs> was actually my wife's. Even though we've been dating since high school and married now, uh, that was her first time in Tiger Stadium. She's been to Baton Rouge a bunch, but how cool is that? 
She loved it. She yeah. was really confused at halftime. I think it was six to three. And she was <laughs> and she was like, Why haven't they scored a touchdown? Oh and I gosh. was like, That's just how they play. Uh yeah. Yeah. This weekend was it might be ugly. They play this weekend, right? Yeah, and Bama's favored by like two touchdowns. I get one verse three, but Bama's favored by two touchdowns. I don't even know why we play the season. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um we need to go back to the Texas game because I've got some some takes um, on Chuba specifically. I'm in love with Chuba. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Tylen Wallace? And is he a Bolitnikoff candidate slash favorite slash finalist? I think so. I, I yeah. think he's awesome. He's his ability to go up and get the ball. You know, reminds me of the Blackman, James Washington type, Des Bryant. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously got speed. He can run the short routes, and he's got moves after the catch. He obviously makes Taylor Cornelius feel really comfortable, and the fact that he, you know, he's the go-to target and someone that Cornelius feels comfortable with throwing to on fourth down, first down, second down, whenever in double coverage, just even goes to show you even more that he must be impressing at practice as well, and. I think he's got a chance to be one of the all-time great receivers in Oklahoma State history. At, at you know when it's all said and done, so I definitely yeah. think I definitely think this. I know some people are saying you know he doesn't have like I guess the brand recognition right now to to be a finalist, but I think he does. When you, when you look at some of the top receivers right now in college football, you know there's you know there's some smaller school like that guy from UMass is good. You yeah, got Colorado up there. I mean, Bam has got what's his face. That's good, but Jerry Judy. You know, yeah, but you can you can you can throw Tylen Wallace up in there. So I, I, I think I think he could definitely be a finalist. I agree. I I look at that list. Lavisca Chenault from Colorado is a stud. Like might be a Heisman candidate. Um, and by the way, OSU offered and recruited him coming out of uh, I believe it was Desoto, and and he ended up going to Colorado, which was like a questionable decision at that time. <laughs> um, just because Colorado was really nothing at that point. And they still have, I don't know, they're not an elite program, but he was an elite recruit. He had offers from Bama and OSU, a bunch of other schools went to Colorado, and everyone's like, what? you sure, bro? You want to go to Colorado? He's got a little brother um, who OSU has offered too. Do you know his first name? It's, no, it's I was actually in- just trying to think of that while you were talking. It's something interesting too, like um, – I don't know. It's it's not Lavisca, but it's not, it's it's a two. I don't know. It's like two names in one. But anyways, OSU's offered him as well, and so is Colorado. So I wouldn't be surprised if he goes there. But Lavisca's a he's a freak. But getting back to Tylen, um, I mean, as far as brand recognition, I think he's easily as as recognizable as the rest of the list. Like that UMass guy's not going to win the Blitnikoff, in my opinion. Yeah. He's he's there because UMass's quarterback is like an NFL prospect, which no one knows and also no one really cares about. But <laughs> uh, but Tylen's freak, like he's 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 getting volume like no one else. He's getting double digit targets every week. Um, him and Cornelius just basically play catch every week on the field. Like half of Cornelius's completions go to Tylen, um, which. <laughs> feels like hyperbole but it it's probably not i haven't i haven't looked it up but um 
So I don't know. I could I could see him easily being at least, at least a finalist and next year um when Spencer Sanders or Drew Brown or whoever is playing quarterback um maybe he maybe he finally takes that leap and and becomes a a winner. Like that'd be insane to have three re- wide receivers from your school win the uh win the Blitnikoff, Justin Blackman in uh 2010 and 11 and then Washington in 17. No and then that would be awesome. He's yeah. he's so great at when Cornelius is rolling out or when the play breaks down, finding an open spot too. Yeah, he is. Especially in the zone defense, he's obviously great at beating any time. If someone plays man on him, they're stupid. But <laughs> in the in the zone, he's great at finding the spots, and he's fun to watch. It's you know, I wish like we got we got like the all twenty two game film uh, where you could just watch him when the play's breaking down. You know, from yeah. the zoomed out view uh, watch him find the open spot because i think that would be really cool because you don't really get that angle on tv but he's uh he's definitely really fun to watch he's fast that's what um maybe is a little bit underrated uh he was like a four three five type of guy coming out of high school and uh kind of a, a twist here but he was the hot what is the what is the um track and field event where you hop and skip and leap triple jump yeah he's a triple jump freak uh i think he won state in triple jump that's crazy which is like kind of random but yeah <laughs> I, f- I feel like that i feel like that matters i don't know that's a weird track and field event it is to be awesome at yeah but that's I, I mean that just shows that he's a freak athlete yeah he just does everything like he could probably do a, bu- a bunch of different um track and field events and probably be really good at it because he's so <laughs> i mean he, he just leaps out of the gym like he's just He's just really talented. Throw the um, javelin. Yes, yes. Uh, so Chuba this weekend, he went off. I think it was his best game as an OSU player. Do are we sure Chuba isn't better than Justice? Well, in the Slack chat, you you and I took on everybody with that take. <laughs> and hey. We like to keep our takes hot on game day. Yes. You know, I might have had I might have had a few coops in me, but <laughs> I still don't think it's I don't, still don't think it's a ridiculous take. But no, I mean, you know, I'm 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 here for justice. Justice is an absolute stud, but I am so excited about Chuba. The the way he hits the hole is absolutely like no fear. Yeah. Just which sometimes We've seen this year, like when I take my notes, I go back and do my offensive key takeaway. Yeah, I'll say, you know, Chuba made the wrong cut there. Chuba picked the wrong hole. But he's making it full speed, so sometimes he can correct it or blow by the guy that's in the hole Yeah, or stiff arm him, which we've seen, which I think that's an underrated, underrated part of his running game that I didn't even know about, how strong he is just physically. I guess we saw it in some of the uh, workout videos in the offseason, but – the dude's not just fast. He is a strong runner, and he is really hard to bring down. And the fact that he can make guys miss with his lateral quickness, I mean, I'm I'm thinking some eye-popping career numbers at Oklahoma State from this guy. Yeah, and, and the fact that he played as well as he did against Texas just makes it all the more confusing why OSU hasn't been using him more. Um, the two-back sets, though. Y- yes, yeah, with Justice and Chuba, that should just be the normal formation. It, it should. Yeah, twenty I agree. personnel with yes. them too. Yes, uh, he had one carry for six yards against Kansas State. Two carries for twenty-two yards against Iowa State. 
Four carries, 13 yards, Texas Tech. One carry, negative two yards against Boise State. Against Texas, he had nine carries, 80 yards, including a 21-yard scamper. And uh, he also had a, a reception that went for one yard. And so I just, I don't know. Like, Justice had 23 carries, 92 yards, four yards a carry, and then three receptions, 14 yards. Chuba was, like, he was just better against Texas. Maybe not better overall. So I'm I'm not, like, I'm not actually in on my take that Chuba's better than Justice. But Chuba has some serious, legit upside as uh, as a future maybe four down back for OSU and he kind of showed that this weekend there was a there was a play against Texas I want to say you might have to help me clarify this but they did they toss it to Chuba on the goal line and he fumbled it yeah that okay. it was a toss sweep yeah yes and it was wide open I mean yeah. I could have scored yeah if, on that but there was there was some criticism that like why are you going to do that? And why are you going to do it with Chuba and not Justice? And my argument is like, Chuba was playing 10 times better than Justice. Like, maybe it's the fact that uh, Texas keyed in on Justice and they just decided if he's getting the ball, he's getting brought down immediately. Like, And that happens every almost every week. People key in on Justice because he's OSU's best player. Um, but that was not that was not a controversial thing. Like, people were mad about it. Well, he would have scored. He would have walked in and scored. The I get the only way I could see the uh, the those people side of the argument is I guess because it was at the goal line, so it doesn't really like you know I guess Justice maybe has shown that he has sure hands because he's you know played for longer. But just in general on the toss sweep, the the reason why a lot of teams don't run that play is because you know it's it's kind of a weirdly set up play. You you're basically saying my guy I'm tossing it to is going to beat you to the outside because there's no blockers out there except your yeah. wide receivers. Yeah. Um, even if you're pulling somebody, the running back is going to get there first. So you run that with your fastest player. Yeah. So you're going to run Which it with Chuba. Chuba. Yeah. yeah. So it. I guess maybe I could see the argument on the goal line, but arguing why we're toss sweep with Chuba over Justice makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I was pretty I was pretty incensed at people who were incensed about that. So but uh, you and I don't really agree with that take, but we just wanted to explain our excitement for Chuba because yes. we we're very excited about him. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, don't don't come at me on Twitter that I think that uh Chuba is a better player than Justice. I don't <laughs> I don't I don't actually think that, but I am very excited about Chuba. Has a lot of upside and this weekend was kind of like a perfect teaser of uh, what we might see next year when Chuba and Spencer Sanders are sharing the backfield, or Chuba and Drew Brown. Uh, and Grayson Boomer and Jelani. Yes, all in the same backfield. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Uh, one final word from our sponsor, and then we will uh, wrap up with some corn dog takes and some Baylor stuff. Uh, you may have heard the news that there's a new tax bill in town. Do you know how it affects you? Angel Johnson and Blasting Game does. Their firm of 10 CPAs and 22 total employees is one of the largest in central Oklahoma. They've been hard at work all spring, all summer, all fall, working how these tax changes will affect cowboys just like yourself. So free, feel free to give Cameron or Evan a call at 405-224-6363 or visit their website, AJB. 
dash cpas.com. Again, that's 405-224-6363. Cornelius was awesome this weekend. Oh, yeah. He was so good. He was so he, he was, was he was connecting on his deep balls, um, and his mobility, his ability to escape out of the pocket and make something out of nothing, was, in my opinion, it was the difference between a win and a loss. Um, they did a lot of. Uh, let me ask you this: Did they do a lot of design quarterback runs, or was all of his um, escape action just kind of like improvised? They actually, when they, a couple of times they designed quarterback runs, they didn't work. But yeah, a, a lot of the stuff you saw when he's kind of rolling out, that that's his decision there. But they did they did run some design quarterback runs that did work. Yeah. And then obviously the reads, I, man, you know we have such talented running backs. We just talked about it, but I love when he keeps it, even when he makes the wrong read, he's still able to get by that end. Yeah. And. It, he's so weird looking running, but he's so good at it. Yeah, he's I, so good at it. I think I, I'm gonna write a column tomorrow why why Taylor Cornelius should be running back two for Oklahoma State. He's, I mean, he's such a talented runner. It's and he you, is. You know, people people watch him and they say, you know, oh, he's kind of kind of fast, kind of quick, but like it, it's more than that. Running the football, you know, it's his vision. He's able to move out there. Yeah. Make people miss. He's strong. We've seen him stiff arm a couple guys. That that's called being a skilled runner with the football, and he is for sure. And he he looked good in the passing game too. the The wideouts bailed him out a few times, but I thought overall he threw a lot of good balls. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so not a not a quarterback controversy in Stillwater. I don't think I I would be surprised if um if they make a a permanent change at least. But with four regular season games left. Do we think we'll see Drew Brown or Spencer Sanders play in special packages or in garbage time, or is it just going to be all Cornelius all the time, nonstop? I don't. I don't think there's any way Sanders gets in there. You don't. I just think there's so many things that would could happen negative if he gets in there. Yeah. Say he comes in there and just throws a rifle TD pass. <laughs> And then, and Cornelius makes like Cornelius's next incompletion. Everybody's going to start the controversy again. Also, so you're scared he, that Spencer Sanders is better than Cornelius. That's your take. No, no, no. It's it's not me. I'm saying as a coach True. for the Oklahoma State staff. The other thing is, you throw him out there for a couple of plays, and he like breaks his leg in half. Yeah, that would not be good. Jeez. Yeah, I, I just I just think there's so many negative th- now. If Drew Brown comes out there, the fact that he'll still be able to, you know, redshirt, I could maybe see that. Yeah. I just think Gundy already talked about not wanting to throw a freshman out there because he thinks there's a chance he could get injured. I just don't see any way he gets out there. Maybe Drew Brown. I don't think they do any kind of special packages or anything like that for him. I When we talked with Marshall on the podcast a few weeks back, and I think we all went around and said who we thought was going to play quarterback the rest of the season – I said it was Cornelius because I thought that he probably wasn't going to do anything to really, really mess up, and Gundy wasn't going to pull him unless he threw. I think what did I say? Like five interceptions. Yeah. In a game, so I, I just, I just think it's going to be all corn unless yeah. he gets hurt. There was, there was some whispers behind the scenes that 
if uh, if Cornelius didn't light the world on fire against Texas, that uh, someone else was going to get a shot. That did not happen. And in fact, Cornelius played so well, like I think he earned an even longer leash than than maybe he already had going into the game. So I don't know what to expect for the rest of the season. I I think if OSU gets up by like four touchdowns on Saturday against Baylor, that uh, we probably see Drew Brown. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think I think they probably should. I think he's probably earned at least a shot to get on the field. I mean, he grad he graduated and transferred from Hawaii to come here, and I don't think he did it just so he could go to grad school in Stillwater. Um, so yeah, I I think and that that adds another level of intrigue this weekend. Just the fact that we may see another quarterback, and who knows, maybe he's uh maybe he's the long term answer. But for now, Cornelius. I think he kind of locked down his spot even farther than maybe he already did going into to last weekend. So, and by the way, uh, Bedlam is like nine days from now. Are you ready for that? My least favorite time of the year. <laughs> Porter and I are going to Norman. It should be fun. That will be fun. I, yeah. I'm on the fence right now. Uh, some of my buddies from OU that are out of town are coming in town. To go to the game, I was thinking about maybe going and tailgating, but my wife hates Norman with a passion, so I've maybe, been, maybe we won't. I've been once for a basketball game, never been on football game day, uh, and never been to a football game. So It's fun. I'm excited. It, it's actually really fun. Um, I went quite a bit in college, you know, just to visit buddies. Uh-huh. Been in the stadium a couple times, once for Bedlam. Sat in the student section with uh, one of my good buddies, fraternities, and that wasn't fun <laughs> <laughs> at all. Well, it should it should be an interesting day. Um, I feel a little bit less nauseous about that day um, after seeing what OSU did this past weekend. Gundy coached his butt off. He really did. They went for yeah. it twice on fourth down early in the game, and both of them resulted in touchdowns. He kind of let it hang. It was awesome. Give me all the two back sets, please. I'm down. Please. Maybe that's a preview of uh, what we'll see more moving forward. Maybe they're just kind of keeping it in their back pocket unless they needed it. Yeah. I, I love those, though. I've been calling for them all year yes. and last year. Yeah, it's awesome. Maybe if we can get three back sets. Is that a legal formation? <laughs> just all backs <laughs> in a center. Can we get DeAndre Glass in the back in the backfield? Oh man, that that'll be huge. Yeah. That'll be Gundy'll fire some emojis off if that commit happens. <laughs> Jamal Jeter's not bad either. He's yeah, I know that uh, he's kind of slept on right now because yeah. he's obviously not going to play this season. But yeah, dude's a stud as well. He is. He is. Um, let's get your Baylor take. Who do you uh, who do you have winning this weekend? I think I think we win. I think I'm going to go with my score prediction. Uh, I wrote it down earlier. I think I'm going to go. 42-27, okay. Oklahoma State. So I think the spread's like seven and a half, eight right now. It's uh, it's eight. Okay. Yeah. And then oh, I think the over-under was like 68. Okay. So I think I'm going That's over smart. Yep. and taking Oklahoma State. Yeah, it's always smart to take the over when Baylor and OSU play. Yeah, I, I'm kind of – this may be really dumb, but I'm kind of basing it off of the Duke game. Baylor oh, Duke yeah. earlier this year because yeah. they still run that four two five. Cutcliffe still runs Noel's wow. defense, and I think their defense may be a little better than Oklahoma State's all around. Dukes, yeah. 
they they have some pretty talented players on that defense, um, some NFL caliber cornerbacks. But um, I think Oklahoma State's offense is better. So I think the score will end up just evening out to that score, which was 40 to 27. Okay. I'm here so, for it. Going 42 27. <laughs> I, uh, I went on the radio today and they asked me what my score prediction was. I said, I've picked against OSU twice this season. Both times they won, Kansas and Texas. I said, so I'm picking against OSU this weekend. Final score, 38-5. to five. And they just kind of deadpan, like they didn't know how to react. I was like, it was it was a total joke. Um, <laughs> but they're like, all right, thanks for joining. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Did you ever say a real one? No, I... I I played it off like that was my actual score prediction. <laughs> That's awesome. So my actual score prediction this weekend, um, OSU wins 45-38. I think it'll be kind of high scoring. I like it. And months, sorry, I said 42-41-27 is what I'm with. Ah, miss, miss two field, field goal? goals. Two field goals. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. So not a not a missed extra point. No. Okay. No. But if that happens, I still get it right. Yeah, I like that. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, thanks for joining Ragu, and uh, enjoy the festivities this weekend. You too, man. See you later. All right. Thanks. See ya.